Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Cantina MX Football Podcast, episode 328. Mexico is one point away from qualifying to Qatar after a few results over the last couple days. And we're going to talk about it. We're going to talk about how things are shaping up for Qatar. But before I go any further, let's welcome Joel to the show. Joel, how are we doing? Oh, really? Good, Jaime. I am uh... I'm doing good, and uh, hopefully, Mex coach Tata, who had to stay at home, or well, by home I mean Mexico, didn't travel to Honduras. Seems to be having a problem with his eye. Uh, hopefully, he gets better. I know people don't like him, but maybe this whole time—that's why he's been calling the wrong kind of players. He just—it's <laughs> got bad vision, <laughs> or maybe. Or maybe he got slapped by uh, Will Smith. Snap, snap, he got yeah, yeah. But I mean, I mean, yeah, doing good, man. I mean, I there's you know we had doble jornada World Cup qualifying, so I didn't get to see my goats play. You know they had a friendly, and you were there, right, Jaime? We yes, siree. During the break, uh, we had Chivas. They actually played two friendlies, one in Fresno uh, against Pumas. They tied 1-1. They couldn't get the victory there, even though they they had scored and and they were up 1-0. And then on Saturday in San Jose, after three years of planning, of canceling and rescheduling, the fans finally got to see Chivas in San Jose at PayPal Park. And Chivas were actually winning 1-0 thanks to uh, Orozco, one of the one of the young players from the reserves. Unfortunately, the referee called a penalty that was made up right at the buzzer beater, and Leon ended up tying the game. So uh, Chivas continued to draw. Uh, but besides that, El Ambiente Estuvo Chido had a lot of fun on the sidelines taking photos. And if you guys want to see my work, just go to soccerchronicle.com. Uh, I uploaded all the photos there, and uh, yeah, they came out nice. Also, your Instagram, right, Jaime? Uh, yeah, on my IG at Eros Imaj. It's E R O S E M I A J. Check it out. I've been noticing uh, players actually hit you up to to at them. Uh, Steven Barreiro from Leon. You know, he said he said, "Hey, man, you got any more photos?" <laughs> so you, I didn't... you had a goalkeeper too, right? What was he like from JT? Uh, actually, I've had a few players hit me up over the over the last couple of years. I had the uh, earthquakes goalkeeper. He asked he asked for more photos because I took one of him and Chicharro like bumping shoulders. And then All right. I had another. I had yeah, I've had a few. I had it like Chino Huerta give me a shout out, and yeah, it's nice. Becky nice. G, nice. <laughs> oh damn, you. <laughs> yeah, I took a few photos of hey. Becky G when. When Mexico had a friendly in LA against Nigeria, she was one of the celebrities there, and I took her photo, and you know she ended up liking the photo when I tagged her. So I got a lot of Becky G fans now following me. I don't know what they expect me. <laughs> <laughs> more, more candid pictures. And you know, um, funny thing is, in the Nations League final, she was actually there, but she was wearing like black, and she didn't want to be like you know caught. 
because she was she's dating uh, she's dating the one of the U.S. Uh, players, unfortunately. So uh, all right, all right. I saw her. I'm like Becky, and she was like, "No, no, no! Don't take my photo. I don't. I don't want to like people to see me." I was like, "Oh, okay." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was pretty. Too cool. late, snap, snap. Yeah, I know. I got you, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> so we had the game of the week. USA, Mexico, and El Azteca Thursday night. This wasn't at 3 p.m. This wasn't at, at noon when when it could be a, a field advantage. No, it was at nighttime when it was a little bit cooler. Everybody's at home watching the game. Uh, there was sold out, I think, 40,000 fans. And if it wasn't for Ochoa, we would have lost that game. Game, game ends up 0-0. And uh, USA got a, a very, very valuable draw. On the road. Uh, well, Jaime, you, there was two questionable. It could have been PKs, I'm going to say. Um, and I was watching the game. I was watching. I had to see it through my phone, uh, through, the, through the Facebook, where it's like, share the link so that we could keep the stream up. I don't know if you've ever, if you've ever seen it through these. I haven't. Page no. People that stream it. Oh, it's pretty it's pretty bad. But <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't think I didn't see them them go to the to the bar. No, they didn't. And so that's a bit surprising because I, I mean I would be fighting for that, but there was two questionable. That, yeah, yeah, and I, I would really you know make a stink out of it. So I'm gonna guess if the Mex team wasn't protesting it highly, that you know. Cause and I remember I don't know if it was the qualifier this or a previous one, but I remember something similar where there was like two two plays that could have been penalty and and they never even you know they weren't called and so that's that's just you know that's just how the game goes sometimes. But now with bar, you could definitely push to have you know to have those plays reviewed. Yeah, um, there was like one or two fouls that I felt could have been worthy of a penalty call or at least like a VAR, but they didn't. And then Alexis Vega had the ball in the box and he dove. It was a quite obvious dive. He got a yellow card and he had to sit out the, the next game against Honduras. So it was, it was really just unfortunate. Uh, but the reality is, is that Mexico has only scored like maybe one or two goals in these last couple qualifying matches against Costa Rica it was zero zero, a one zero over Panama zero zero against USA. And then you end up getting a, 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 a pretty clutch goal against Honduras on the road. But I mean, the reality is, you know, Mexico is really struggling up top. Chucky Lozano, Tecatito and Raul Jimenez. Maybe they also have to check their prescription uh, because they just have not been on point. They have been, just terrible up up top and I'm you know I'm pretty much over it right now. Yeah, that has been disappointing for Mexico the attack definitely um it's it's left a lot to be desired and, and they haven't seemed very dangerous because um overall the team hasn't been as bad as it gets made out to to be, you know. I know there's a lot of people disappointed and and they're not content with a lot of things, but if, if we're to look at uh, just Mexico's record, 
it's not really bad, you know, and, and it has some positives. Uh, they're actually the team at the hexagonal that's won the most games on the road. And that's, that's, that's been something that's could help them down the line. Octagonal, I guess. Cause there's eight yeah, there teams. You go. Yeah. There you uh, go. <laughs> really, really quickly though. Um, it feels like that meme where the the guy's drowning and then you zoom out and he's really not drowning. He's just like it looks like he's drowning, but he's not. He's do, uh, he's doing he's, fine. He's uh, yeah. He's it's it's really shallow water and like <laughs> he's yeah. It's, <laughs> he's crouching. It it is in the aspect like overall because I, I mean I've seen Mex teams that were just really bad, like horrendous were. The team will get played out of the field. Uh, this team's not as bad. It's just not dominant. And we have this whole Euro, you know, we, we've bought into the Euro meme that and we have these players in Europe that they're like, you know, power levels over 9,000. We expect, <laughs> you know, we, we expect them to be like, and I get it, I get it, because we see EPL and we see, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's he's scoring these golazos, and you're like, man, he's scoring against these these top teams against elite players. So down here, he should, you know, piece of, you know, taking candy from a baby should be a piece of cake. And then it's the opposite, you know. This guy can't even. He doesn't even look like like EPL material. Uh, he looks like he would struggle at a championship team. And so, yeah, it boggles the mind, and, and usually we just – one of the first is the coach, you know. He's, he doesn't know what he's doing. Um, and and that's – but but I do I do think – and it, I'm not saying Tata's not to blame, but I'm just saying um, the Amex attack has been pretty bad, man. Not sure what's going on exactly uh, with the team there. It just seemed, seemed pretty cursed, but, yeah, it's been – the productivity level has been low to the point where you have Mex fans asking for Chicharo, which they sort of contradict themselves when they say, "Of course, MLS is the retirement league, and he already hung up the boots." But here they are, like, "Hey, save us, save us, Chicha!" And it's like, "Well, which is it?" You know. Um, I don't know but, if that's but, the same fan saying both things, but I do hear both both of those statements. I mean, I've yeah. I've I've said it myself. You know, if you go to MLS, you know, you hand in your Mexican national team card. But right now, beggars can't be choosers. We need goals, and uh, yes. I, I, all I'm gonna say about this is, uh, would you rather have Chicharito playing Warzone or helping you off the bench in a World Cup match? I'm, and that's that's just how I'm, I feel about it. It's like. I'd much rather call him off the bench instead of watching him play Warzone. Like, we could definitely use him. Yeah, I know Chickies would prefer to see him playing Warzone, but <laughs> we, I would. No, I, I always been a big, a big Chicha fan, and I do feel that um, he's probably paid for his sins. Um, I think he, I don't know if he's uh, going off, you know, the rumors probably just. Go apologize to uh, who is it? Uh, damn, what's that directivo name? Oh, Lisa Juan de Lisa. Yeah, John John, John de, de Lisa. Lisa. Yeah, 
um, yeah, man, just send them a, you know, a fruit basket or something with an apology. But um, yeah, I do think I do think Chicha Chicha's needed. I mean, he's worth a look because I do remember going into what was it, 2014, and that dude was sucking balls, man. Oh yeah, he he couldn't score for shit. Um, he's over there celebrating U.S. goals. So <laughs> it's, it's, let's let's not think. A lot of times we just we will remember the good times, you know. We'll be like, oh yeah, he's he scored this many goals, and then we forget. Um, but he is going through a good moment, though. That 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 uh, says a lot because he is he's been scoring some pretty good goals right now uh, with the Galaxy. Yeah. But I just wanted to point something really quick on that game, uh, on the U.S. Max game. Um, because we saw something that, that to me starts like, you know, I, I like to say the whole being in Europe thing, because Polisic got shut down. Oh yeah, I was just gonna mention that Jorge Sanchez uh, yes. had him in his back pocket the whole game. <laughs> here's here's Captain America, you know, the best winger in Concacaf, as some people like to say, because uh, he plays for Chelsea. And this dude cannot get past uh, a player that's pretty much average in Liga Mekis. He's in America, right? Is he from their youth? What's that? I'm not sure. Is he, he's from, from America, isn't he? Like, is he, was he from their youth system? Uh, he played for Santos 2016 oh, and 2018. Uh, then he went to America. But, all right, so man, Santos, all right. It, you know, and, and America fans will admit it. They'll be the first ones to admit it. Like, yeah, dude, this guy's not even, like, that good. He's very inconsistent. But, you know, sometimes you but have a... But the, sometimes not good in the selección. I, yeah. I don't... Algo no cuadra, Jaime. <laughs> you, you don't get to the selección if you're not that, that good. No, no, they're, they're not... Right. They're not um, they're, they're not trying to say like, oh, he's not good. I'm just saying he's inconsistent. Like, meaning he'll have a good game, but then he'll have three bad ones. So, yeah. Yeah, all right. I see. I see yeah. what you mean. But obviously, the the talent, the skill levels there. I mean, he shut him down. And of course, like America, you know, USA fans were celebrating that uh, that little uh, Maradona run by uh, by Reina. That uh, was... resulted in absolutely nothing. It was, it was, because they 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 rarely see uh, their players do runs like that, and uh, they asked Reina on the on on, uh, on the what was it post match presser. They asked him about it, and he just laughed it off. He's like, you know, it it led to nowhere. Like, why are you asking me? You know, that's kind of like a sentiment. Why are you asking me this? Yeah. You know, it was it was an, it was a nice run, but it, it didn't it it's, didn't go it's, anywhere. It's good for the the Twitter likes and the Instagram likes, and you know, the American fans will love to like look look at the time that you know Gio Reyna, you know, did the samba on on you on Mexico, and uh, it kind of reminds me of that that time. Uh, what's his name? Uh, Vanilla Medina did that against Brazil in a friendly. He did that little little shake and bake move and everybody since then was just like oh yeah that was the one time like dude that was it didn't result in anything he probably crossed the ball and 
went to the stands or something (laughs) he didn't but he had been having a good game yeah and he was about 17 or 18 and he was just schooling the the guy i forgot who was the player um and it got to the point where ronaldinho came and hacked hacked medina dude he came in to kick him in the ankle (laughs) (laughs) i mean i for me i got on my feet when i saw that live I thought that was like amazing, but I feel like, you know, what Gio Reyna did, uh, it was, it was interesting to, to watch and, uh, Ache, Ache, man, Ache, Ache, the guy who's been playing champions league, who's plays for Atletico Madrid, who's having a great time over there. And he just got schooled twice in that play. It's just like, dude, what happens when you put on the Mexico Jersey, you just turn into like, like what happened, bro? It, it, you know, and it's it's something I like to talk about. It just goes to show, man. Um, a lot of times, just because you're playing over there doesn't mean that you know this region that it's that it sucks. And we see it a lot with with some of these players that come to MLS and they have a hard time, you know. And they'll talk about, you know, when when we read some of the interviews, they'll talk about how. You know, it was more difficult than they expected. Um, but yeah, I, I just, I just wanted to point some stuff out because um, we got some fun stats much later to talk about Jaime, and I'm gonna link him up. Oh, cool. Yeah, you know what I think is interesting is for like perspective is everything. We're looking at a Canadian team that is qualified to the world cup for the first time in 36 years and they basically almost went undefeated uh they got their first loss uh or not their first loss who they lose to i forgot who canada lost to i do think that is their first defeat yeah they got their first loss to uh dang i just i had it and it's gone uh they lost to To panama oh i'm trying to find it where'd they go because they beat Jamaica, but they lost to where are they? Costa Rica. Oh, Costa Rica! All right. <clears throat> yeah. So I mean, we're talking about this team that was up until that point undefeated, and <clears throat> for them to have the the great World Cup qualifying run that they've that they've had Mexico's only three points behind him and and with USA too you know everyone's like oh look at this USA team they're doing so well and uh we're tied on points with them <laughs> so it's like is Mexico really doing that bad because they have 25 points they're in third place and they have the best away record like you mentioned earlier they have the best away record yeah it's it's yeah I I know it's happened man we, we I've seen it with Bora where he had a a decent pretty good uh qualifying campaign and the media did the whole thing on him where they made it seem like the Mexico sucked and ended up uh they fired him after he qualified the team um uh, and it's kind of the same although it's, it's a bit I guess I guess the host not being able to score is makes it, you know, more believable, which I do think it's a problem. Um, 
but that's not to say it can't be solved. Um, but I do, I do think uh, it's been exaggerated, and of course, because the team doesn't look as good as we all expected that it should look. But and we were talking about this before the pod, Jaime. Um, qualifiers never really reflects what's going to happen uh, at the World Cup, and uh, you know, Costa Rica is a good example going into the uh, Brazil World Cup 2014. No one expected them to do what they did, you know. Uh, in Mex, was opposite. Mex struggled to get into the World Cup. Everyone expected them to bow out out of the first round, especially uh, they were going to open against Brazil and the World Cup, you know, three games. If you lose the first one, you're basically, I don't know what's the stat, like 80% odds that you're you're going to, you know, not make it past the first round. Um, so I think that's that's one thing, one problem there where uh, as fans have, they equate qualifiers to the World Cup. They'll say, oh, because the team is playing this bad or or they're having problems here. Once they get there, it's going to be, you know, worse. Yeah, I'm looking at that. That man, that was a scary. T- that was dark times for Mexico. Uh, USA had 22 <laughs> points. Costa Rica had 18. Honduras had 15, and Mexico got in on 11 points. And then <laughs> 11, 11 points, that's, bro, that's, in that's 10 what, 11 games. Less than, that's 11, uh, right? They were 11 points behind first place. Yeah, and they I made mean, it to the World Cup, and I ended up having a, a decent showing. <laughs> that is crazy. No, I, I, I would say it was a good showing because they tied Brazil, which were the hosts, and that's to tie a team like Brazil, the most winning team in World Cup, or with the most World Cups. I'm not sure if they're the most winning. It could be, it could be uh, Germany, but I mean they definitely have the most World Cups. Uh, to tie them, uh, to beat Croatia, who has. You know, uh, they had just a really talented squad, and then uh, defeat Cameroon uh, with Eto was there, and just just because Mex traditionally struggles with uh, against uh, African teams, so those those were great games, and then the way they played, uh, you know, the way they played Holland, and it was a game that. Even Van Gaal said later after the match how that water break benefited them because he was able to to make adjustments. Yeah, he he changed the the game plan and it and it worked. Yeah, man, that's where it. Uh, yeah, that's where it sucked. And I think well, who was it? Was it Tecatito? He was on the pod and he was talking about I think that match too and saying how. It kind of showed some some experience lacking in someone like Piojo, and how they're they were given more than one cycle at the World Cup. When when they're up at bat again in, in these big games, they're better prepared. Yeah, yeah, for which, sure. Which I do agree, even though the one reference we have is is not which will be Aguirre because he was twice, but. He wasn't twice in a row. Yeah, we're talking about eight years apart. 
It was, yeah. Or, yeah. 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 And <clears throat> I don't know. I'll be honest. Like, I think we have been over dramatic and we've been piling on Mexico for what we, what seems like a bad, a bad run right now. But, you know, once you look at the stats, you look at the numbers, like, you know, we're going to qualify to the World Cup. And that's all really, that's just the name of the game. Now, what's interesting is uh, even on the last game of the season, there's no there's no guarantee that we go in directly. Uh, Costa Rica could potentially beat USA, and that would tie them with us on points. And, uh, you know, Mexico could have an Aztecaso and, and lose to El Salvador at home. And depending on how many goals they concede, you know, Mexico could be looking at uh, another one of those uh, playoff uh, to qualify. But that's like worst case scenario. Yeah, I don't, I don't see no Aztecaso here. If anything, no I do see Mexico. I do see Mexico winning El Salvador. And then USA potentially having trouble against Costa Rica because it is on the road and Costa Rica has the incentive to to win. Oh yeah, for them, yeah, for them it is. Yeah, it's a do or die game, and they already beat Canada, right? Yeah, the best team in the there are the I tournament. Mean, they're already like it's it's between USA, Mexico, and Costa Rica. Those are the last you know countries fighting for a spot. So you think U.S. could end up in repechaje? No, because they scored too many goals. Ah, Yeah. Against uh, Honduras, fold Bentania. You know, man, I'm hot take, dude. I think the Central American teams, they do this shit on purpose, dude. And I could... (laughs) Hey, I'm gonna say it. I know I, I already it was, said it. It was Panama. It was I, Panama. Panama. It who, was Panama. Who, who had everything going in their favor? You know, they could have still made um, it to I the World to Cup. Take it back. I thought it was Honduras, man. No, it was Panama. I'm going back to that Guatemala game, man. That Olympic, that Olympic qualifying at at Carson, and they lose to Canada, and they just they seem like they just bent over and spread the cheeks. And they lost, and the fans were cheering for more goals, dude. And I was like, what the fuck, dude? You, you don't cheer against your own team, dude. That's like that's like cheering for your mom in a gangbang. You don't want to. <laughs> <laughs> they kept saying more goals, dude. I was like, what the fuck? And that's when Max placed Trinidad. They needed to score like six goals, and um, they only scored like five, I think. And that's that ended up, you know, costing them, uh, you know, not being able to go into the next round. But some of these teams have done that. But uh, if it was Panama, I take it back. I don't. I, I think there's more rivalry between like, like Honduras, Guate, Costa Rica. Uh, Panama is pretty new to this. It's kind of sad how they, you know, how they broke down like that because. There's just a team that, you know, in the the last cycles, they've been one of the more competitive, stronger sides. Yeah, I mean, they made it to the last World Cup for the first time, right? 2018 was the first time Panama qualified. And it yeah, was... in 14, they were a point away. They yeah. Were, they were right at the and... edge, man. They were, they were seconds, dude. They were, they were like a minute or seconds away 
and that's when they uh, they made that rookie mistake because they kept attacking. They kept they kept trying to to score that second goal when all they needed to do was enfriar el partido, um, and and that's when uh, that Susie scores that goal. Yeah, and it, it felt like, especially in the beginning of qualifiers, that it was actually Costa Rica who was gonna miss out. Um, but they they climbed back, I think, in the second half of this, and uh, they were able to now. I mean, I don't know who the playoff is against. I wonder if it's going to be against like New Zealand. But if it is, I mean, they're basically in. Yeah, man. But, um, you you have a stat about what Mexico potentially getting seated. Yes, sir. Um. Do you have the um wait no here it is. Okay. It's it's not a stat, it's sort of like things that need to happen. Uh and because because and we need to mention something that Italy, I think I think that was part of it. Uh although I don't know where they were ranked, but Italy was knocked out of the World Cup. Ooh. So I'm not sure too soon, bro. <laughs> which is their second, you know, they're missing the second World Cup. Um, which, damn, which we need to keep this in mind because they're doing something that Mex is doing. And I think this is one of the reasons why Mexico is struggling and Chivas as well, because Chivas depends on Mexican players. Uh, but here it is. If Portugal loses against Macedonia, who knocked out Italy... Italy and Holland does not beat Germany. They're playing a friendly. Uh, and Mexico has to beat El Salvador. Then Mexico would, I think it's the last seed that's mm. available. Mexico will be seeded. And I think a big part of that was the games they won on the road during World Cup qualifying because they're worth way more points. I didn't know that. Yes, sir. Mexico's winning away games. Eight years from now, when they're qualifying and they can't win on the road, it's gonna be like, "Hey, bring bring back that." <laughs> we, we always go in circles. It's uh, weird because it's like yeah. they had a great road record, but at home they were abysmal: three wins, three draws. So and, you know, and and we, I do, I do. We've been saying it, man. We do have to blame the Federación because they did take away, you know, Mexico's um, home field advantage. And and Landon Donovan was talking about it because he went to the game and he was saying how he didn't recognize it, you know. And this this is a guy that got to play against Max many times, and he's like, I, I didn't recognize Azteca, you know. And he's like, they how they were playing music, you know, they were playing all this like English music and stuff like that. Uh, it just they 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 felt like they were at home, you know, the U.S. players, but it's. You know, for him to say that he can't feel the ambience because you you had that before. Where it was like a midday, and he, he talked about the smog too. I'm not sure if that affects um, if it's midday, the high heat, and then the smog. I guess it all combines, and it's like, dude, it's at night. He's like, it was like playing in, like being in Cali, and so I mean, that's that's a big part of it, and and. These other teams all do it, like teams like Honduras and whatnot. They'll, they'll, you know, they'll take you to 
where the weather's gonna be a you know they won't they won't them. mow the lawn yeah no it's true it sounds but it's true and that's something that even some teams in the mx used to do wasn't um, wasn't guardado complaining about that he said i don't know why they're complaining dude and and he at the Azteca pitch that it was not as I don't know, man. I'm like, and but but I mean I don't. And then what was the other one? You know, we see the U.S. playing in in the winter. You know, they 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 like to play when it's snowing and shit. Don't. Um, what was the whole thing with the freezing? One of the play, what did they play? Oh, was it Costa Rica? They played Honduras, and two of their players got hypothermia. There you go, and one yeah, and then but then they're saying one of the U.S. players. They suffered like something. Oh, on foot, like, uh, they've been keeping it under wraps, but the goalie, um, got like he hasn't been in action. He's been like out injured, and they won't admit his, his foot. Yeah, hey, did you see Mister Deeds? <laughs> yeah, yeah, he has a black foot. You step on he doesn't feel yeah. shit. But oh. <laughs> yeah, they they won't admit that it was due to that match, but they're saying that is basically what happened. Well, yeah, dude, goalies move the least. He was probably standing for you know big periods of time. Um, he wasn't getting the blood flowing. But I mean, all of those things count, you know. And, and FMF moves the games so that we could see them over here at uh, prime time, man, seven p.m., eight p.m., and it's like. I, I do think it's been hurting the team. So it's like, okay, we're going to do the radio because it's more money in the coffers because of TV and sponsors. We'll then take the game to Monterrey, take it to Guadalajara, take it where, yeah. where you, you know, you're going to have support and, and even the players, because all these Euro based players, they, you know, they suffer the same with, uh, and we saw it, right? Jaime, we were talking about it. Oh yeah. Uh, how they looked cast. Minute seventy against that USA game in El Azteca, you could just see it. You you saw Herrera, you saw all the Euros just like gasping for air and the game really slowed down after the seventieth seventieth minute. It was just you could tell the pace it was that was when Reina did his little thing because everybody was just tired. They're like, ah oh, dude, just go, man. I'm tired. But uh <laughs> Yeah, I mean it's unfortunate. I do miss having those games at like noon or or three p.m. and you could see that the you know it was just a different environment. But uh, whatever the case may be, maybe it's because they they now have NFL games at El Azteca and all this stuff. They're probably just catering to the American audience. No, and and they are, man. They are. That's that's been one thing with with the Mex team that they pay their bills, right? They don't comer. What was the what was that chance? Yeah, Estados Unidos. No, yeah, Estados Unidos started to comer, but that was like a negative chant. That was, that was against the fans, like saying, "You come to work here." Oh. Um, no, Mex. It's like a brand, you know. It's like a it's like a brand. It's 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 a soccer brand, and it sells a lot in the U.S. It's it's the highest rated, you know. Mexican soccer is the when we talk about soccer in the U.S. It's the highest rated. Uh, except for I think the U.S. women, but U.S. women only in World Cup. I think only when they're at the World Cup they get really high ratings. Other than that, they sort of like fizzle out. Yeah. But just on on the 
average games. Yeah, man. Uh, Mexico national team and and Chivas America games are the highest. They, you know, if if you look at TV ratings, uh, football TV ratings, and they they will outdraw Champions League and EPL and La Liga and whatnot. So, with these results and Mexico trying to squeeze in, potentially seeded, um, you mentioned you you brought up Italy, and it's it just it's pretty bad. I was reading something that like their best players will will not be able to like play in the World Cup or play like yeah like in the World Cup, man. Like two thousand six was like the last knockout game they were in. Because in 2010 and 2014, they didn't get out of the group stage. And uh, and then they didn't qualify for 2018 or in 2022. At the same time, they did win the Euro, which is <laughs> weird. They beat England at home in penalties. And it's just like the, yeah. something doesn't add up, man. Like, how do you go win the Euros and then miss out on the World Cup? That doesn't. That doesn't make sense. Algo no cuadra. Yeah, I mean, sometimes you get overconfident. Um, I think, but I think with the with the Euros, I guess they want this. This a, a lot of times, like uh, you'll have teams that are like they'll play with like younger squads because they're like building them up for the World Cup, and that that could be one of the things there where it's like. Okay, we're gonna send. We're gonna send. You know, we're not sending our what could be the best possible team because we need to. We need some of these guys to get more experience, and that that could be one of the one of the things there that played played to their favor. You know, um, well, but I mean, <clears throat> with Italy, I mean, a lot of their players are pretty old. <laughs> they always had. They they've always had like pretty older squad. I mean. He took Rafa Marquez at what thirty five. Yeah, know? he's pretty old. He was playing first division, and they he played like two years. Um, I was like, damn. So I mean, I mean, they had uh, they have Ibrahimovic, who's about forty. Uh, Pupi Sanetti at Inter, he played so he was like forty two, I think. Um, and then Maldini was up there in age. You know, Buffon. I don't know if he's still there, but. So yeah, they've always, you know, they're not against age. So I mean, I could probably still go and play Serie A, you know. <laughs> I, could, I could, no, but I, I think uh, Italy, a lot of things, man. Uh, there's been corruption, you know. With, with a lot of their teams have gone bankrupt. I don't know if you remember a few years back, um, they had to sell Parma. And and it was like they were trying to sell it for one dollar. What? I mean, but look, it's like okay, so you think one dollar, but then if you buy it, it's probably in like in the red, and so it'll be like all these millions to pay off all these debts. Right. So I guess they were looking for investors, and they were saying, "Oh, well, one dollar." <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. So you we've seen teams like that that um have sort of fallen fallen on the wayside on um, Milan, right? Milan, uh, Berlusconi, 
he had to sell like a big percentage of the team to some Chinese investor. And, uh, you know, big reason that all of a sudden we saw Juventus just they kind of dominated for what, 10 years? I think they've been the only team winning. Uh-huh. And that's because, you know, they have the strongest uh, company backing them. Yeah. And so that's that's been one of the things that's been hurting the league where it's like there's no money to invest in the clubs. And the other thing has been youth development. Their league is one of the worst in uh, giving youth players playing time. Yeah, you have a stat that you you just put on the chart here. It's lowest percentage of minutes by under twenty one players, and Seda uh, is in ninth, and Liga Mekis is in tenth. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're sort of sort of following in their footsteps because, I mean, we're seeing a lot of the same things uh, in Liga MX, right? We saw teams like Lobos Bua fold. They couldn't even get a TV contract, so they had to, they could, you know, they had to sell the team or the franchise, which became uh, who did they become? Mazatlan? I don't know who it became. Someone. Um, we saw who was it? Chapas? How was it? Jose Javarez? No, Veracruz, who hadn't paid players, right? They had. Yeah. They had like they were all like a year's worth of wages or something. I mean, Chapa's disappeared. I don't know if you've seen uh, pictures of the stadium. It looks abandoned. It looks like post-apocalyptic, like zombie movie, post-apocalyptic, yeah. just all abandoned, weeds growing. Um, and there's a lot of teams like that that like just sort of like folded and and disappeared, or they owed money. They had to sell the franchise. They had to move it. Necaxa has been sold a few times now. Uh, they just have recent new owners. Same Atletico had to be you know, has just recently got owners. Um, Azteca, the Azteca got rid of Morelia. Wait, yeah, they, they got rid of Morelia and they sold off a big chunk of uh, Atlas, right? They're pretty much owned by Grupo Orlegi. Um, and the latest victim, so Querétaro, they're going to have to sell the team within a year. They're going <laughs> to have to sell it. Um, so, I mean, that's, you know, top to bottom, that's... that's uh, it shows that there's not that many investors in Mexico willing to, to um, you know, buy teams and whatnot. Because yeah, like like we said, Necaxa and Atleti have foreign investors. Did didn't Atletico Madrid pull out? I don't know if they're still did affiliated they, they anymore. Well, but I mean, still they're foreign. So that's one of the things that we've been seeing. Uh, now there was a rumor that America might. But that that could just be a rumor. I don't. Did you hear about it? It was uh, like on Twitter. I don't know. That was just. I know at one point that he was on San Luis and America, right? And Necaxa. Yeah, Necaxa. Yeah, they own a three and close ties with Atlante, and uh, they were getting the media was attacking them. Same media that now praises Grupo Pachuca and Grupo Orlegi. So it's always been. You know, there's always been this this push against Televisa because they have control of FMF of the national team, uh, but it's ending soon. I think I don't know if it ends after this World Cup or next. 
And what? then there will be a, a shakeup. They have the rights for the national team. Uh, they own the television rights. Oh, okay. Yeah, they own the television rights. And uh, you've had a big push from a couple, a couple owners. They've been trying to wrestle it away from them. And they've been unsuccessful. They came pretty close. But Televisa, man, they pulled some dirty punches. And they everyone bent the knee. And they just, it's eight, it was like eight years. So I don't know if it's been four, but um, we will see some type of shakeup. Um, possibly, Jaime, possibly we could finally see like a, like a league TV contract, you know? I hope so. Yeah, I think that would benefit them, but we'll see what happens. We'll, we'll see what happens there, man. Um, but, but you know, go, going back to teams lacking money, uh, the clubs, you also, the other thing we've noticed uh, was uh, lack of youth in Liga MX because uh, obviously they, they said, okay, now it could be, you know, they took away the limit on foreigners. It used to be four and five players, and now it's like you could have like 10 on the field. So obviously that meant that foreigners doubled and Mexican talent got cut in half. And we're seeing it with Chivas. Well, we've been seeing it for years now, how much they've struggled to to buy players and when that's a big reason. And I do think, uh, you know, it, it's kind of, now it's, to me, it's reflecting now with the national team. They're beginning to have some of these same problems as Chivas, where it's like the pool of Mexican talent, it's it's not that deep as it should be. There should be way more strikers, you know? Yeah, I like agree. trying to you know, I remember when there was what? There was Pelaya, there was Luis Garcia, there was Hermosillo, Saguinho, uh Luis Hernandez. You had all these strikers, dude, that were at one point they were all there, like like just trying to, I mean, Luis Hernandez didn't even, for that reason, didn't even get a shot till he was like 25, going into 26, you know? And back then, what it was, was it because Liga MX teams could only field, what, four foreigners at a time? Exactly, yeah. Four and five. Uh, I think the FA, four I don't know if the FA was less or, or more, not, but. Not throwing Salo was, or something like that was like. Yeah. It was everywhere else. You could feel like four or five, and then Mexico City had like a little bit different rule. And but yeah, I mean, you had the squads had just more Mexican players all around. So a team like Chivas, they had more to pick, pick and choose from. Now it's like no, it's one reason I was been saying you do need ultimately because there's not that money coming in. You do need to see. Uh, Liga MX link up with MLS in some type of tournament and then for that tournament to do good because if it does good TV ratings, TV ratings is money. That's it. It changes the game. You know, there's more money to for the teams to do more, invest in youth or buy better players, whatever. But ultimately, you need money. Yes, sir. And the enemy of my enemy is my friend, so... 
sometimes you got you got to join forces with the MLS. We'll see what happens with uh, you know that that one tournament that they're trying to do, and then the the World Cup and all that. It's all gonna be Canada and Mexico and USA. It's gonna be like the what kind of like superhero team is that? It's like the the Justice League or something. I don't know. I don't really Justice League. <laughs> Power Rangers unite. I don't know. We'll see what happens. I mean, it, well, it does seem like Canada and U and USA are taking their you know their their development serious now. Yeah, when there's this big push, you know, there's this big push to try to make soccer more popular. I mean, US is going to host their second World Cup. They just hosted in '94, uh, you know, so it's hasn't been that long. And for them to land it again, they obviously be putting in a lot of work. And to to land the World Cup, you do have to put in a lot of work, a lot of campaigning. A lot of like buying boats and whatnot, or I shouldn't say buying because that was the that was the crooked way. Winning boats, you know, winning boats over, going to confederaciones and convincing them why why you should be the one hosting. Uh, take could take a long time, and it's a lot of money you have to invest. And uh, they have been they're they're doing the opposite, you know, Max. Well, Max is folding teams because they can't afford to be in Primera. Uh, MLS is expanding there. They went from what? They were like eight teams when they started. And I think they want to be at 30. I don't know if they're at like 24 or something right now. Just kind of, You know, and it's countries big enough where they can, they can pull that off. You know, you know what I'm saying? Um, you know, it's, it's some Scarface shit, you know, when he's standing <laughs> here and he's, He's looking at the blimp, you know, and that's that's sort of like it should be for Max, where it's like, dude, they're kind of mining for gold over there, and you're over here just trying to clown, and if they do strike it, you're gonna be with your hand in your dick because you had all these, <laughs> you're you're too busy looking at fucking Europe and or Copa Libertadores when, you know, you had some stuff right here they were almost handing it to you and you didn't want to take it, which is what could happen. I'm not saying it will happen, but it is a possibility. Uh, so I think that's why, and I mean, and like we, you know, we just said it not too long ago, the ratings right in Mexico is king right now. That's why it's like, they need to take advantage of that. And, and if they could make it pop where it's like a three-way, you know, three-way rivalry in football because, you know, like uh, Canada, U.S., they're linked up like in what? Basketball and hockey, right? Baseball, and too. And now MLS. Baseball, oh, that's right. So, I mean, they've always kind of had that, but now you're throwing Max, you throw them in there, and, yeah, we could be looking at a pretty sweet, sweet uh, league. And I'm not saying it's going to be a league that's going to replace Liga Max. I mean, league, like in Champions League, you know. Which it's we, like we kind of have already, but obviously it's been one-sided for about 20 years now. Yeah, but I mean, this is this is what can make it happen because Champions League was the same for many years. It was like started off of a magazine, El Equipe, you know. They, they came up with a tournament, and it was like an invitational we have to wonder how many teams took it serious 
I'm a Real Madrid, which is why they're sitting on so many trophies. They won quite a few back when. And now it's this huge tournament. It's like the most prestigious one. And it started from a magazine invitational. It would be nice to see the entire, not just like the MLS Cup winners and the MX Cup winners. I would be curious to see how how the rest of the league would would do. But I, I just think the logistics of it's kind of complicated because you know United States is a huge country and the traveling is would be a pain. Yeah. But I mean, down the road, I think that could happen. We'll see. But yeah, we yeah, have. Yeah, I mean, they've been they've been trying. They, I mean, Jaime, I mean, they've been trying. This is this league. It's like the, it's like an, it's like the Matrix. <laughs> they, it's like it's been destroyed and they restarted. Remember, you don't you don't see Matrix. Uh it's been a while. Oh man, Neil <laughs> gets to the, he gets to the architect and he's like, you know, he's like, dude. This is like our sixth time doing this shit. And that's sort of been with, uh, you know, Liga MX and MLS. They, they've been trying, uh, you know, Superliga. I don't know the names of it. I, I'm forgetting, but they've, they've tried. They've been trying these tourneys for so yeah. long. Superliga, and then now it's called the League's Cup. And you have, obviously, the Conca Champions League, which is... It's going to be between a Mexican and an MLS team in the final. We'll see what happens. But uh, we have one last game, and pretty much we'll have everybody everybody qualify for the World Cup, except for maybe one or two spots. Uh, I know the European teams play tomorrow. Um, Portugal and Macedonia. I don't think Ronaldo's going to allow Portugal to lose, man. Ain't no way he's gonna miss out on a World Cup, his last World Cup. You mean CR seven? Yeah. Yeah, man, dude's a beast. So let's see, let's see, uh, let's see how he bows out of the main tournament. Um, Cristiano, man, I think, uh, yeah, I think he, he he's gonna get it, unless Macedonia turns out to be like, you know. <laughs> Way stronger than we are giving him credit for giant killers. Um, but I so Mexico plays El Salvador, Jaime. Uh, I think they need a big win. I don't think even I think even if they have a big win, I don't think it's gonna convince. I think a lot of the majority of fans are already like, you know, they already have the pitchforks and the torchlights, and they're they already want. To crucify Tata, they want him out, and I, I can see why. Uh, at that point, it'll be, it'll be Piojo's turn back, you know, Piojo back in the hot seat. <laughs> uh, yeah, you know, with El Salvador, we'll see. We'll see what kind of. T- I, I think just for morale issues and for just trying to bring some kind of excitement to Qatar. Like Mexico needs to score a lot of goals. They need to go off on this one. You know, they got, they got to do what USA did uh, yesterday. And that was like score, like, you know, like five goals. I think if Mexico were to do something like that, I think it would, it would put everybody back on, on the hype train and uh, they'd probably sell out the, 
the Moleros this summer. So I think I think Mexico tomorrow or not tomorrow, but um, Wednesday need to have like a big bang against El Salvador. Um, because you know, can you imagine tying again or even worse, losing? Like that would that would be interesting. I'm pretty sure well, even, they wouldn't let Tata alive, like, out of the stadium. Yeah, even if it's like a, like a 2-0 win, you know? It's going to have to be, like, three goals and above and really convincing. Yeah. But I, I, I think because the Salvador has been asked for this tournament, it's, it's not going to convince. It doesn't matter what they do. I don't think they're going to convince. Um, oh, they're gonna convince the fans. Uh, just, just check the chat. Uh, Alex Glova, oh sorry, Alexa Glova says, uh, "What do you guys think of Liga Mekis having the closed system with no promotion or relegation?" Um, well, they sort of have it right now. They, they said, uh, "They said, what do you think about doing that? Sharing the profits with teams like they do with the leagues in the U.S. and Canada?" That's, that's what they're trying to do, X. You know, that that is what they've been trying to do. And before they took away the relegation for limited time, <laughs> uh, quotations, limited time, um, you had uh, Enrique Bonilla, who was a president. I don't know if he still is, but he was the president of Liga MX. And he had traveled to the U.S. to kind of see how the MLS, how their system worked. And a big reason for that, for getting rid of promotion relegation, is for the investors because if you're a company, right. these are the the investors for the most part are companies, right? Uh, Chivas is Omni Life, Monterrey is uh, FEMSA, Tigres is Cemex, Cruz Azul, Cemento Cruz Azul, uh, so on and so forth. Um, Tijuana is uh, Grupo Caliente, which is the bedding house. So it's it's all companies. They own companies that own the teams. So there's other companies like Comex, uh, Bimbo. There's other pretty big companies in Max, but they haven't been wanting to invest. And that's part of it because for the most part, you're just going to lose money. That's that's just soccer. You, you're in the red. Not too long ago, we were uh, they filtered out the Barcelona and how much money they owed. Mm-hmm. You know? I mean, Barcelona, dude, popular worldwide and and they're like penny pinching, uh, Real Madrid as well. They've had to, you know, they're like on loan after loan after loan. You look at the e, uh, EPL clubs, the, the biggest clubs. They're all owned by foreign investors. They're not even owned by, you know, by the original owners. And so that's just how it is with soccer. It's like owning a soccer team is like having a really expensive hobby. You're just gonna be putting money. Uh, you're not really going to get as many in return. And so that's when when they, a lot of fans, they don't understand that when there's, you know, there's still the whole romantic thing about the promotion relegation of, of years old, man. And that just doesn't work like that anymore. Um, but that's that's the guarantee. If, if you have, if you're an investor and you come in and then they're going to say, well, there's no relegation, then you don't have to worry that you invested X amount of money and then next year your team is in second division and it just devalued it. <laughs> it just went like a Bitcoin. Or what was it? Uh, Jaime, help me out here. What? When, one moment when you when they're investing on the 
and some of these stocks one moment is worth so much and the next it's like <laughs> yeah it's and that's kind of how it would be if, if you invested 20 30 million and next season you're in second division it's like well it's gone now it's not worth that much um and so that's the guarantee they want to that's why they're doing it and as far as like promotion relegation that hasn't been a real thing in mexico for for years um you know, they kind of got rid of it by doing the tabla de porcentaje. You know, that's kind of a cheat because the OG, you know, OG promo relegation is at the end of the season. If you suck at the end of the season, you're, you're, you're late. <laughs> right? And some leagues, it's two or three teams that are like, you know, they will get relegated. Uh, Mex had just like one, I think. And then, but then they, they do this whole percentage chart. So you get to suck for like four or five years in a row, which is like, that's enough time to build up and not, not be last place again. And that system ended up sort of affecting the, the small teams that come up because then they don't, you know, I guess it's, because, you know, we really haven't seen the small teams that went up and then were able to stay. Yeah. Um, aside from Pachuca. And then the Pachuca ended up having, like, this money from the government. There was this thing going on there where um, the government, Pachuca, just hooked up, gave all these grants and tax exemptions and all this. It's a whole thing going on there, man. You're pretty corrupt. Uh, which was what Televisa was getting exposed, right? When the whole TV contract thing was an issue. They're like, hey, man, we got, <laughs> we got these documents here. We got this this footage. And Pachuca was like, ah, you know what? Fuck that TV shit. I didn't even want it anyways. <laughs> you could have it. They, they bounced. Um, but that's what it is. It's just this, it's for investors. I don't really care for the, promotion relegation it hasn't been real for a long time it's just not sustainable but but it hasn't been real like yeah what was the team recently came up in first didn't even come up through because they won it they just bought the franchise yeah what is they didn't even win their spot they just bought the team then we had at one point i forgot which year you had two two veracruz teams playing right because they had gotten relegated Mm -hmm. so they had one playing in second division and then uh, there was the team that had been promoted got bought out and there was two Veracruzes and it's like well which one do you cheer for? Yeah. Yeah, what happened so, yeah. with with Juarez is uh like you mentioned Lobos Buap they struggled, so Juarez just bought their, their spot. And uh what I think uh, to answer Alexa's question, I think that Liga Mecca should go back to at least twenty teams. I think twenty was a good good spot, good number, and I think that there's 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 two teams in Liga de Expansión that could yeah, be competing in in Liga Mecca. Oh, there's a few. There's a few, but then Jaime, the thing is like, do they have money to build a competitive enough team? You know that's. That's been the thing because um, some of these clubs that have come up, they just haven't been able to do it. 
Well, I think so, like what was the team that like won, but they didn't meet the qualifications to get promoted because they didn't have enough uh, attendance. It was like they needed to have like twelve. Was it Zacatepec? I think. I think it was. Well, you need the Cafetaneros to be... or something, or you know, yeah, it had to be a stadium with like twenty thousand or more. Yeah. So it's like it's one of those things where I think if like the team fits the criteria like you know leones negros they play in el jalisco that would be a problem uh mineros de zacatecas they're in third position right now uh i think they have enough enough uh seats but then you have other teams that are like very very small and like yeah you, you there's no no way they could last in, in league mx like the top top league but I mean, if you look at, like, Atletico San Luis and you look at, like, Juarez and you look at these teams that are, you know, just sucking eggs, like, at least at least give the opportunity to, like, Mazatlan, too, man. They, those teams, if it wasn't for, you know, the closed system, right now they'd be playing in second division, you know? Yeah. yeah so going. I do think it's unfair that you have a team that's hot and then they don't even have the chance to to see if they'd be good enough to to stay in Liga Mekis. And you have other teams that, like, they're just not even trying. They're not investing enough money into the team, and and uh, they don't have any consequences because of that. I think they do get fined, if I'm not mistaken, and I think that money goes to the winner of of the league. Yeah. yeah. I, I think you, well, what you need is to do a whole restructuring of the leagues. Um and it's the league, Mexico, the league is hijacked by the club owners because that was that at one point. So the, um, by the league, I should say, like the Mexican Football Federation that governs the, the leagues. And at one point, so, you know, they go, they go into votes and it's like the different divisions. So you had amateur sector, you had like third division, second division, first. And then they all have like, they would pull in votes. And at one point, I believe the amateur sector was like, they had the most votes. But, you know, soccer and became professionalized. You had these big companies coming in and they're like, hey, we're the ones putting in money. Uh, they just like took took away the whole votes and, and first division now decided what happened. Uh, I do think it, the federation should have, remain independent perhaps not with amateur sector controlling it but it, independent from from the club owners and but it's too late for that now so you have these club owners that sort of hijacked it and that's why we haven't where the league's been always so um split you know um at odds with each other all the time um but i think in order to have like a good pro relegation, you would need to have a better second division. And yeah, Mex just they never invested to improve that. Because I do think Mexico can have a good a good second division, but they would need to to put money and promote it and get TV contract and all that so that. Um, you know, the competition there is pretty good. I think the opposite has happened in Mexico with the media sort of like demonized it, made second division seem chafa, 
and and suck and all that. They did the same with the Copa MX, you know, sort of like turn it into a whatever cup. And that's, I think that's been one of the downfalls Mexican soccer, man. The own media destroys what we have. I don't think they, you know, they should be doing the opposite, promoting it and, and trying to make it better. Um, they sort of exaggerated in South America, you know. You see Argentine soccer, every game's a classic. <laughs> yeah, they hype it up. Pretty much every match is a classical, man. Uh, and they never really had that in Mex. Uh, they never really hyped up rivalries. I was, uh, I was, they, they I was, came was, up with some dumbass names, what? I was watching uh, one of my favorite like soccer series on Netflix. It's uh, Sunderland Till We Die. I don't know yeah. if you've seen it, and you know they get relegated. You know they they got this cool like Netflix crew like following them around because they think that they're gonna get. They got relegated from the Premier League, so they're in the Championship, which is the second league division in in England. Yeah. And then they they're like, oh yeah, you can film us, and we're gonna go back right right back up to Premier. And then what ends up happening is, uh, they end up getting relegated again. So now they're in the <laughs> they're in the third tier in England, and and and. Dude, they're talking about these matches like, like they're playing against uh, Middlesbrough, like they call them Borough, and they're like, yeah. and, and they're like interviewing the fans, and and they're talking on the radio, and they're like, this is a massive, massive match, absolutely massive. <laughs> it's like, dude, they're like hyping this up, bro, and it's like, bro, this is third division football, <laughs> and and they're yeah. so into it, and it's just like, why can't we have that here, man? Why do we gotta like shit just, talk everything? Yeah. We had it, Jaime. We destroyed it. We we knocked it down ourselves. Uh, and a big reason, uh, it's, again, that whole um, trying to do that whole system where the league, um, so the Mexico League owners, they wanted to do a league to emulate the U.S. leagues. You know, they saw kind of, kind of how the NFL and NBA and sort of how they how they did their leagues, which is, what do, what do we have? Liguilla. It's playoff. That comes from here. You know? They said, we want that. We want playoffs. What does Liga MX have? Mercado de Piernas. Pretty much a draft. So they, they copied stuff from here. And, you know, at the same time, they sort of like did away with some of the tournaments and like second division and stuff. And I think that was, those were things that would help Mexico, you know? Yeah. Because if you're playing these these cups and you're you're hyping them up and they're great matches, which look we've seen um, we've seen how much like you you see Copa MX and the fans will talk shit about it or or make it seem whack, but then once their team gets to the final or win it, they're out celebrating like they just won a, <laughs> a, a Minerva trophy. <laughs> it's like you know and it's but that's what it's about man it's one of the cool shit like if you're soccer you get getting to see your team win something and celebrating having those moments is, is what you know makes it more special and makes it more fun to watch the sport uh and but i think again you know the league the league and the journalists and all that sort of you know they brought down like piñata style man they beat down a lot of the Cool traditional stuff that that was already in place, and so to try to like emulate, which 
I, a lot of fans ended up accepting, you know. I, I think if you ask the, the average Liga MX fan, they, they love the Liguilla system. Oh, yeah, it's entertaining. Absolutely entertaining. Way more entertaining than watching a team clinch the league with, you know, five, six games <laughs> to spare. Which, you know, like has its advantages and disadvantages. It it will allow coaches have a longer leash. It will allow them to experiment with young players because, you know, you have 34 matches to get results instead of 17. So I understand the advantages and disadvantages, but, you know, I feel, I feel like with Mexico, it's always like, what can make us the most money? They're very short-sighted with, with their yeah. planning. It's all about what they can get now and not really thinking about long-term or the big picture. Yeah. Like, well, that's, like that's Germany, man. They got greedy. Yeah. Like, Germany has, like, really a... Really quick. Yeah. Anyway, just really quick. The whole Liguilla thing, when you say quick, and that's cutting the Liguilla in half. Not the Liguilla, the season in half. And it's like, all right, this team is champion. And then, like, what is it, three weeks later, the league starts again, and, it, you know, it's going to be a... Another shot is another team to be a champion. And usually the champion, the current champion, just says, all right, we, we did enough. They don't even qualify for the next the next season. It's crazy. Germany, Jeremy, you were... Oh, you I was just saying, saying, like, you know, they had a goal to win the World Cup, and it's a project that takes a very, very long time, but they got it done. But you can see the work. You can see the effort that was, like, the what they had to do to get there and it's like you know i think they have one of the most successful leagues in the world uh financially for sure and uh you know i was watching like uh Bayern munich they do they also have like a a series on amazon prime and you know they said that they haven't been in the black since like the 80s like they they they've never like been broke since like that long ago and they Isn't said that in the red Jaime? Or whatever, red, black, whatever the case may be. But uh, one of the players on the team, they're actually like, this is when they were like uh, running out of money. They're like, he was just like, hey, man, just like sell me. Just sell me to Milan. And they did. And they sold them to AC Milan. And with that money, they were able to, to get back in the green. And they said since that day, like, yeah, they've they've never been in the red ever since. I'm like, damn, that's crazy. Yeah, and you know, like you 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 mentioned uh, Germany, and that's one of the things they're they're looking to start Liguilla because it's pretty much Bayern winning every season. So it's like, how can we get teams to have a shot? And so they look Liguilla, and I'm guessing they're gonna do long season format followed by Liguilla. I mean, they already have a domestic cup tournament where it does give the other yeah. guys a chance. And we saw, like, was it Salcedo and Fabian? They both won it. They beat Bayern Munich. The league, I mean. No, I'm I mean, sure um, Fabian was champion with uh, uh, Frankfurt, but it was like the douche pokal. It wasn't the, it wasn't the league. No, I think Pavel. I think Pavel Pardon oh, yeah. won the... Oh yeah, he won the yeah. league. No, no, but but they won they won like a playoff system, and I'm guessing they would do liguilla, but I think they would do long long season format. So home and away followed by liguilla. I mean home and home is home and away. 
for sure. Well, we're over the hour mark on episode 328. Do you have any closing thoughts, any predictions for Mexico of Salvador on Wednesday? I I think they're going to have like a 3-0 win, but they're not going to convince or convert the naysayers. And I think there's a good possibility that Tata will be, you know, he'll be asked to leave. He could because we have this whole thing with his health. He could probably just say that he's stepping down because of that, you know, kind of save him face. He leaves out the front door. But I do feel there's a possibility that that um, he gets us to leave. I think Mexico is a brand, we said, you know, it's pretty, makes good money here in the U.S. And you have a couple months until the World Cup. You could sell out a few stadiums in Moleto Tours if they, you know, rebuild the hype train, put Piojo, bring back Chicha and whatever, and people start doing for these friendlies. It's insane what they pay for to see like a friendly match. Like, yeah, they'll pay up to $300, $500 tickets. Uh, but hey, man, people have the money for that. And that's that's the thing, you know, um, it's not just a selection, it's a brand. So it needs to sell, it sells products, sells t-shirts. You need to sell the new, the new camisa and whatnot. And that's part of it. You need to, you need to be pretty hyped up, create, create that excitement, and you know, so you could sell all of these things that it's attached to. Plus, who knows if they're still like other oh, sponsors? They might get once the team qualifies that they could be sponsors. So like, all right, we'll we'll chip in now, and and now it's like more money. So it's it's a business. That's that's kind of how we have to see it a lot of times because it kind of is, you know, business first, sports second. Uh, I had a look at Tata's numbers. He's had fifty-one matches with Mexico, and uh, I'm looking at Juan Carlos Osorio's numbers at with Mexico. He had fifty-two matches. So Tata's one one match away from from matching Osorio. Osorio's numbers was thirty three wins, nine draws, ten defeats, and Tata's already surpassed him with thirty six wins, eight draws, seven losses. So he's already outperformed Juan Carlos Osorio, although it might not seem like he has. But you know what, man? We've we've made it this far. Yeah, it's unconvincing. Yeah, it's ugly. Yeah, we're bitching and, and moaning all the way to the World Cup, but we've already made it this far. You know what? Let him finish the job, man. I'm not I'm not convinced that another coach can come in at the 11th hour and, and change the course of, of our history. I think that Mexico will go yeah. to the World Cup. They're probably going to get out of the group stage, and they're probably going to lose in the round of 16 like they always done. And I don't care. I don't care who you can acquire in that time span. I don't care if like you get Jose Mourinho, Zidane. I don't care if you get Guardiola. There's no way. There's no way this team's gonna get because at this point it's not even a it's not even a coaching thing. 
It's a player thing, man. We just don't have. That is, that is true. We don't have the depth. We don't have the players that can change. And I don't. I don't see. I'm looking at our roster. There is no one in there that I'm thinking. Oh yeah, maybe we can. No, no way, bro. There's no way. Do we, you have fans? You have fans calling for under twenty three players. We want Marcelo Flores. He hasn't even no first team minutes. Just youth. Hasn't he made his professional debut youth yet. To World Cup. Somehow, I don't know how that equates from playing youth games. And now at the World Cup, he's going to light it up. I don't, but he can't light it up in the first. I, I don't know, man. I don't know how how you guys formulate that stuff. But yeah, that's that shows the desperation, Jaime, that it's like, you know, any, any dude that shows a crumb of talent, they're like, you know, bring him in, bring him in. He's like, wait, does, um, he, does he play in Europe? Does he have Mexican citizenship? Oh, we got it. That he's the next one. Well, you know, and on the other hand, because of this lack of talent, there is a strong push to bring him in to take him to the World Cup. To take uh, Flores to the World Cup. Ridiculous. Because, uh, well, no, because it's because of the lack of talent, and there's that fear that. They could lose him to Canada. Canada. Because, dude, if you're Canada, okay, so you're Canada, right? And you're building up your program, and there's this talented kid to top it off, dude. He's Mexican, right? Which, which, um, at least in this part of the world, is money. You know what I mean? Um, <clears throat> they could tell him, dude, we'll guarantee you two World Cups. What's up? You. <laughs> You know, we'll take you to Qatar and then you're in line for the, we're going to be at home. And he could be like, snap, you know, that, that could be good for my career. And, yeah. you know, Mexico would be like. I mean, that's basically what happened with you know, uh, Pepe. Yeah, it's, it's, it's true. And that was the whole thing. And, but I've heard that the Mex, the Mex, uh, FMF has been keeping up with him. They've been in constant talks. And so I'm guessing, that's why I'm guessing they're might. He's getting called up for the in. U20, bro. He's not going anywhere. Yeah, but I mean, I still think there's that possibility. And I do think that they're going to, if they value him that highly, they could bring him in. A lot of times the 23rd player doesn't really get playing time. You know, I'm not saying... Yeah, but it would be it would be disrespectful to anyone that's actually playing first division football to call up a kid just because of marketing. Well, it might be, but hey, what 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 I said earlier, Jaime, business first, sports second. I would say if they wanted that much talent going around, yeah, you know we don't we don't have that many many players lining up saying like, hey. I I, I think I think I think you know I think Tata just put his foot down and said no. <laughs> no, because I you Wait. know I remember at that game in Austin when I went to go uh you know capture that game uh, Mexico Chile and they called up Marcelo Flores and you know the fans were screaming his name and um you know after after the game they were they were pressing him really hard like hey like why didn't you give Marcelo like more minutes like what's wrong with you? And, you know, Tata's like, Hey man, we got to slow this down, man. Like this guy's like 18 years old. And like, you know, there's a process involved. 
So I thought it was very interesting. Like, damn, you know, like who's who's actually like calling the shots right now? Like, who's in charge? Because yeah, if you're if you're the federation, you're you're definitely gonna you're already looking at the next crop of like you know young talent. You know, Chicharito's out the door, Chucky and all them. Like those guys are like. They're not, you know, the next thing right now. So Marcelo Flores, there's a lot of marketing involved. I can see why or how he would end up getting called up, but I just think there's no way, bro. He's he's too young, and he's playing for the under-23. Like, he's not even playing for Arsenal first team. So, uh, yeah. Yeah. There you go, Jaime. Uh, you know, this, my, my closing thought would just be on the whole – it will be back on Italy. Just this whole send players to Europe because that'll make them better. Does Does Italy need to send their players to Europe, Jaime? They need to send it's, their players to Mexico. How does, <laughs> how does this work? How does this work? They need to send their players abroad. You You already said it. They haven't They haven't made it past the first round since what 2010, 26, 2006. 2006. Missed two World Cups in a row already. Uh, you know, and I'm not ragging on Italy. I, I still think they're one of the most talented, one of the best national teams in the world. But this whole, just because you're in Europe, you're going to be better thing. It's not not how we make it out to be, you know. Um, when we just we just saw here with this kid, Boston Pulisic, he plays, he's, he's never, he didn't go to Ajax to train for two years. He just plays Liga MX, man. He he marked him like he would mark anyone from uh from Puebla or or Querétaro, <laughs> and he took him out. And if we see a lot of games, you'll see many examples like that. Gallito's one of my favorites, man. Gallito midfield, 2014 World Cup, Modric, Rakitic, dude. Don Gallo was like, you know, this is my house. He just he owned. And we have a lot of examples like that. So I, I, I think people need to like slow down there a bit with the whole send them, as soon as they see a player do something half good, uh, send him to Europe or his career is doomed type of thing, you know? Yeah. Uh, I'll leave everybody with this quote by Ronaldinho. He said, the Mexican player has great, great potential in Mexico, great condition. They don't need to leave. Here in Brazil, we leave because of necessity. But if we had the opportunity to stay in Brazil, I swear to you, nobody would leave Brazil. So, Ronaldinho, he's he's given uh, Mexico credit. He's, he's he sees the talent. Well, I mean, and it's the same for Argentina. A lot of those guys would not leave if the money was there. But Ronaldinho, you know, because. He's been at the losing end a few times, but, you know, Mexico, Brazil has seen Mexico beat them three times already for, you know, Confederaciones, Olympic, gold, and uh, two gold cups. Um, and with with squats, they were Mexican-based. Domestic-based, you mean? Yeah. Yes, yes, that's what I... Correct, sir. Yeah, so, I mean... I'm not saying don't go abroad. I'm just saying it's not the, you know, just because you win, then all of a sudden, you know, your shit doesn't smell and <laughs> you, win up, you win up 20 points 
and power or whatever. <laughs> You, you either if you're good, you're good. They don't matter where you're at. Yep. All righty, folks. Want to thank everyone for hopping on tonight's. Uh, Alexa said, uh, "Que juegan en la CPL los italianos, the Canadian Premier League." <laughs> and she said, "Pele never went to Europe." That's oh, true. No. But uh. Want to thank everyone for hopping on tonight. Make sure to follow us on Twitter and uh, yeah, check out the check out the photos that I took. SoccerChronicle.com. Uh, it's in chronological order. You can see uh, the Chivas Leon friendly uh, photos, and also in case you didn't you didn't see it, um, the friendly from back in December between Mexico and Chile and Austin. I have a lot of photos of Marcelo Flores and. Acevedo and all these players that uh the next generation of, of the Mexican national team. But uh we'll catch you guys in the next one. Hopefully by our next episode, Mexico will be qualified to Qatar. <laughs>